0: I was uh, grateful that John was talking about the mysteries in Scripture, the things that we don't know, because that's, if we were going to categorize things in Scripture, things I understand, things I don't understand, most of it is probably in that category, (laughs) but it's great because we get to discuss it. Like he said, we get to discuss the things of God, the works of God, and we're talking about community and unity, in Greek that term is koinonia, the sense of togetherness that we get to have. And the psalm that we read, you know, how good it is for us to dwell together. Hebrew, You know, this is a beautiful thing. How good and pleasant it is for us to dwell in unity. And one of the things I love about community is what you see is not always what you get. And sometimes you can be pleasantly surprised. I just happened to come across this video while listening to uh, teaching from a guy named Chris Valentin that I really appreciate. And we're going to take a look at this. Remember, what you see is not always what you get. Hi, everybody. Hi, Welcome to America's Got Talent. How are you? I'm a bit nervous. That's you
1: to be nervous. It's totally to understandable. What's your name? Courtney. And how old are you? 13. Um, what's your favourite subject in school? Music. What kind of music? I don't know. <laughs> you're very sweet, and I'm guessing you're going to be singing for us. Yeah. Listen, don't be nervous. I know this is a big stage and there's lots of people here, but you're here for a reason, so go for it and good luck. Thank you. Documentary. Clyde Davis goes to the Monterey Pop Festival and he sees this young girl that nobody has ever seen before, that nobody knows. It was the first time Janice Joplin got signed. And that book changed your life. You know that story? Yeah. I'm not Clyde Davis. I'm Harry Mandel. And I can't sign you for a record deal. The only thing I can do for you, young lady, is give you.
0: This means she gets to skip to the final round. She doesn't have to do any other level. She, she's in the final. That's what Harry Mandel just did. That's good. You can cut it. So this, this is Courtney Hadwin, barely able to talk. But then all of a sudden, the sound that comes out of this little girl is ridiculous. Right? Ridiculous. I was looking at that footwork. I can't do stuff like that. I was, I was almost more amazed by her footwork than I was her voice. <laughs> so, so we see this, and it's unexpected. And as uh, we heard from Paul, Paul is talking about one important thing. As we read 2 Timothy, Paul's focus that he's trying to do, he's writing a farewell. He's done. He's done. He's at the end of his race. He's done. What is one thing I can say to you, Timothy? What is one thing I can tell you? Be careful with your voice. He talks about it. Look at this. I have, I was like, when you're trying to write sermons, you try to figure out what section do I want to talk about? It was really hard figuring out where to cut this off. I have 2 Timothy 2.14 to 26 is what we're going to talk about. And he's talking about the voice. And there are so many shows like this today, right? Celebrating the voice, being heard. And that seems to be a message that we hear everywhere. People are desperate to find their voice. Henry David Thoreau said, the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. Because people are trying to find their voice. And I, ha- I was reading this over and over again, and it kind of got stuck on me. And I was trying to figure out, why is the voice so important? What, what is it that this is a battleground of all time, our voice. So as we're looking through 2 Timothy two fourteen to 17, he says, remind them of these things and charge them before God, not to quarrel about words which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene, is what the ESV says. It's kind of wild. We have How many people here do we have that are like, in the medical profession? I'm imagining that Nereus is raising his hand on St. Thomas. <laughs> right? We, we have a group with us, gangrene. This is, this is something once it's infected the body, it gets into the bloodstream and it carries through. It's extremely dangerous to the body. It needs to be taken care of instantaneously. And Paul is saying, be careful of your words because this is how they can affect you. But I believe that it also has a positive effect if we treat it right. As we were talking previously in past Sundays, Tabitha got up and her first message was talking about how we need to be a community of love. We need to share our love. And then we were talking about how as we see in our heart, so we are. And what we need to choose to see to produce is we need to see God. We want to be God's representatives on the earth. We want to be God's representatives in Bay Ridge. We want to be God's representatives of family and friends. We need Him to show up. Who who understands? We need Him to show up. Who is kind of at the point where you're burnt out from trying? Like you're you're tired. I've tried. I've prayed for this person. I've talked to this person. I've seen this person come in and come go. And at some point you hit a stance where you, you're saying, I need God to show up. We need a miracle. It's kind of sad that miracles are so rare. I don't think they're supposed to be. I think the miracles are supposed to be normal. And we'll talk more and more about that as we get to know you. I love miracles. They're supposed to be normal. Remember I said that. We'll talk about it a lot. Julia, phone in. We got a beef. I'm sad that she's going. (laughs) So Paul is warning and saying, hey, you have have to watch out because your words are going to impact the community. And as we see, if you read Psalm 23, it talks about this. There's this book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, and he's a guy that's a pastor, but he used to be a real shepherd. So he looks at it. And I remember this one story. He's talking about this one sheep that keeps going astray. And they have this fence set up, but he can't figure it out and he would go across the fence and he would get this sheep and bring her back, go across and get her back. But one day, he crosses and guess what? She wasn't alone. She has started to teach other sheep how to get through the safety barrier. And at that moment, he had to make a hard decision. She could not be a part of the community anymore. And that's the warning that Paul gives about these two people. They can no longer be part of the community. And as a good shepherd, guess what he did? He ate her. I'm not suggesting we do that. I haven't seen it specifically mentioned, but cannibalism is against what we believe. I want you to know this. So... (laughs) <laughs> we see that, and he has to get rid of her. And, and Paul is talking about hey, you have to be careful about what you say because as you say it into the atmosphere, it becomes. Isn't that what Lieutenant Tabitha talked about last week? She was talking about what do we declare? What do we declare? So I felt like the Lord is, is trying to show us something about uh, what is coming inside of us, what is being created inside of us, and how it is coming out. And I said, how is this so powerful? And I felt like the Lord took me to a very popular story. Genesis. Creation. Who's familiar with the story of creation? I only saw a couple of hands. Do we really need to read it? I will. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. So we we see in the story of creation that God actually comes, forms man from the dust. And in 2-7, it talks about it and says that he breathed into man. Okay, I'm about to start sprinting. Can you stick with me? Please come to me afterward and say, Lieutenant, that was way too fast. What did you do to us? I need to know. (laughs) So what we're talking about is he breathed into man. In Hebrew, there are three common words for breathing. One of them is nefesh. It means like a resting state. Okay? So really all you need to know is, one is like where a breath ends up. One is where breath starts. And one is when it's in process and moving. Okay? There is a rabbi who talked about this concept, and he said it's like a glass blower. Have you ever seen people blow glass? It's beautiful and dangerous. (laughs) They take a tube and they have like molten glass on the end of it and they blow into it, and that's their job. And I'm like, that's gotta be hot. What, I always wanna know what happens if you accidentally don't breathe out and you breathe in? I'm like, that's one of those questions I may never find the answer to. I don't think I wanna know. I'm not gonna Google that one. So we see that they blow in. And this rabbi said, this is what it's like. This is how God created us. Because that word for breath is also spirit. It's interchangeable, spirit and breath. So God breathed spirit into Adam, and he became a living thing. At that time, we're talking about mankind. So it is God's presence His life is coming into people, causing them to live. Ecclesiastes, at the end, talks about, it says this weird thing. When the silver cord is cut, the body goes back to the dust where it came from, and the spirit goes back to God where it came from. So we see this concept of breath coming in. And this rabbi said, God is the source of the breath that moves down And comes into his created vessel. Now we look at that because Paul talks about the vessels. Now in a great house, verse 20. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honorable use, some for dishonorable use. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable. A little caveat, a little small teaching there. Notice he talks about honorable and dishonorable. Do the dishonorable stay dishonorable? No, he says if they cleanse themselves, they can become honorable. I'm just going to slide that in there real quick. It's a freebie. So he says... Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. The vessel has to be purified that's going to house God's breath. I, I bring in this complicated idea of the glassblower because the, the word for breath, when it is moving, is ruach, It's like this. Sometimes it sounds beautiful to me. At other times, it sounds like Klingon from Star Trek. (laughs) Ruach Hakodesh. This is translated as the Holy Spirit. This rabbi says if God's breath in us stops, it's a problem. It's a problem. God's breath in us needs to be active. It is God's breath coming into us and we need to keep contact with him in order to keep it moving. If not, it comes to a stagnant place that creates something like the effects of gangrene. We need his Holy Spirit to be moving inside of us so that I can move outside of us. I loved hearing the worship today. I I loved it. David chooses our songs with no help from me. Who did it? Did you do it? Listen to him. (laughs) Listen to the accepted candidate Given the polite answer it was a team effort. Well, team, good job. Was it just David? Be honest. He can't see your face. It was a team effort. Okay, I'm just looking. He said, they say it was a team effort. So these beautiful things about the breath of God inside of us, it's your breath and our lungs doing what? Mm-hmm. Crying out. I believe... That Paul is so intense about what is coming out of our mouth because the cries that we give, the heart cries that we have, are the heart cry of God. I believe as sanctified believers, as sanctified vessels, if he is coming into us, if he is moving, if he is acting, if he is stirring, then we need to cry out. We need to cry out because we are the vessels that get to hold the breath of God. My question is, what are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? Because the truth is it says when the silver cord is cut and the body goes back to the dust and the soul the spirit the breath of God returns back to him that means we are living with borrowed breath it's borrowed it's a borrowed thing that one day will return back to the presence of God amen and we will be in his presence without filter until that time We are that vessel carrying it. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Think about how creation is. Think about how we cry out for creation, how we call out for creation, how we want creation to change and be like what it was. If you're writing a story, one of the first things they tell you is you start with a perfect world and you break it. And the whole story is about restoring it back to how it was. That is our story. Are we being active in our story? Are we being active in the community of Bay Ridge? As we were sitting out in the summer stroll, we heard story after story after story. They had all of this stored up inside of them and people just needed to share it. I hung out with 15 people. We were wondering if we should tell them to move from the van because this group of 15 friends decided to buy like three or four, six packs of beer, lean against our Salvation Army EDS van and hang out, right? Now part of me is thinking, you can't do that, we're the Salvation Army, we're the Salvation Army, what the irony of you drinking next to our vehicle, I don't, I don't even understand, Right? But I I couldn't help but hear these words. General Brown once said, may our carpets never be too far removed from the drunkard's vomit. I'll say it, Lieutenant Scott version. May we never care too much about the stuff that we forget the person next to us. So I hung out with these 15 friends, and you know what? They hurt. They're broken. I was just talking, hanging out to them. They thrust me in the circle so that I could be the joke. And you know what I did? I just, I just drilled them with questions. <laughs> so where are you from? How long have you lived here? What's your story? What are you doing? And I went one by one. Okay, tell me everybody's names. Go. I gave them no chance to respond. I just asked questions. And you know what? They started to talk to me. These are 30-somethings that are lost in transition. These are the 30-somethings that we cried out for. These are the 30-somethings that have no place to go. These are the 30-somethings living lives of quiet desperation. I bring up the 30-somethings because what they need to hear is something different. What they need to hear are leaders of a different spirit who recognize that they have the breath of God inside them and they're going to respond differently. The story that comes to mind is King David. Before he is King David, he is having a little difficulty with his father-in-law. His father-in-law, the current king, Saul, wants to kill him. My dad once told me, when you get married, you have in-laws and outlaws. You will find out which one you are fast. <laughs> I think I'm an in-law. <laughs> In-laws and outlaws. He literally became an outlaw. He is on the run, and King Saul wants to kill him, puts him up in a cave, and he, he's just hiding out. David is hiding out for his life, and there are all these guys that are not guys that you would want to hang out with. They're drunks. They're violent. They're, they're the troublemakers, And it's ridiculous. This is his mighty men, that they'll be known. But they were all deviants, on the run. Hey, you're on the run just like me. Yeah. David David didn't say, I'm anointed to be king. He was like, yep, I'm on the run. So while they're in the cave, Saul decides to hang out in a cave next to him. And they all see Saul sleeping. And they look to David and say, this is your moment, anointed one. This is your moment to take out this king and take over the kingdom. David says, no, nah. no. Nah. Instead, I'm just going to go over. I'll cut off a piece of his robe and I'll, I'll show him I could have had him. I'll show him I could have had you. I could have taken you. I've totally said that before. 100% bluff. I could have taken you. Right? Davy. Could take you. But he's got like three inches on me. And how old are you, David? <laughs> Fifteen. Jeez. <laughs> Saul goes, wakes up, right? And David yells to him, right? But in the process, David realizes something. Saul is the anointed one. Saul is king. And as we read in first Samuel, the story goes. He, he cries before his mighty men. That's not like the move of a leader. You'll see me do it. It's difficult to process. I'm opening up more. But even back then, when your leader breaks down crying, that does not say, let's follow this guy. So he breaks down crying and weeping and says, God, forgive me. God, forgive me for hurting your anointed. And his men just watched him thinking, what are you doing? You should have killed him. It happens a second time. But that time, David does not harm him at all. He remembers his words. And for a second time, he says, Saul, I could have had you. I am not your enemy. I could have had you. And he's declaring these words over and over. He is declaring, I believe you're the anointed one. I believe who you're called to be. I believe who you are and I am still with you. Flash forward into the future. David is now king. One of his own children boots him out of the capital city of Jerusalem. Everyone abandons David except, who do you guess? His mighty men. His mighty men are the only ones that stick with him. I believe they stick with him because they watched David say, you do not mess with God's anointed." They heard David's words and it came into them, and it changed this group of miscreants and deviants to be these mighty men of God that became so famous for their righteousness, their holiness, and their ability to do war that when everyone finds out that the mighty men have stuck with David, they run. At this time, they're in their 80s. They're like all old men, but they're still so feared that everybody runs. As we were watching this video of Courtney, you see that she gets this golden buzzer. And to me, I believe that everything is prophetic. Like if I watch it, I'm like, there's a message in here. So you got to just stick with me. I believe God is constantly speaking to us. And what I saw was, I saw a judge rise up and make a declaration. You are from another era. You are from another time. This generation doesn't even understand who you are because you are so beyond what they're used to. I see such gifting in you That I do not believe that you have to go through levels and levels of process. But I believe that you get to cut to the end and you get to live like you're in the final day. How does that sound as a message? This is God's word to you. You are living from a different time. What you were created to do is far beyond even what you understand. And who you are is not by accident, but you are here with purpose. In order to come not just into this community, but you are going to come in here and make declarations out of the breath of God that is inside you. That is going to shift and change the world around you. Do you get it? Paul tells Timothy the only thing that stops this from happening is if we have not surrendered to the plan. If you are a broken vessel, get fixed. You are needed as whole and healthy vessels filled with God's breath so you can go out because until then, your words are like gangrene. Scripture says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. We've talked about it for weeks. I didn't understand that God was even saying that until a few days ago. We talked about loving our community. We talked about having things come into our heart that we produce on the outside so we can be God to our community. And we're talking about making declarations. And this is the step, though. Are we clean? Are, are we clean? Are we clean? Are we vessels ready to hold the presence of God? That's the offer. And the offer is he makes it for us. He's like, I'll fix you. Because it is that breath of God and the Holy Spirit inside of us that that make us righteous, that make us holy. God is the author and perfecter of our faith. We're just going to have David come up now, a time of worship, in seeking God's face, seeking God's presence. Like, do you feel... Can you feel something in the atmosphere? Can you, what, can you feel it? It's okay if you don't. Like It really is. I'm not just saying that. But God is moving and active. And if you don't feel him moving, get him moving. You make contact. Right now we're giving you an opportunity to make contact. We have altars here. If you're a broken vessel... This is the perfect place to get fixed. But it's not just for that. It's for saying, I need an upgrade. Many of you said and talked about how there are people in your lives that you want to change and you want to see God move in their lives, and it just isn't working. I think you need an upgrade, more breath. Maybe you need God to stretch you to become a bigger vessel. Do you want to be a bigger vessel? That's a supernatural gift of holy hunger that God grants us. Do you want our core to be a bigger vessel? Right now, we're pretty large. We got a lot of space in these seats. So I just ask that you spend time seeking him now asking him to come into you asking him to come into our community and fill our breath with his fill our lungs with his breath fill us up Lord fill us up with your breath holy spirit move in us holy spirit move things have been stagnant for too long things have not been moving for too long god there's any place of disease and sickness, any place of gangrene in our language and our talk to each other, the encouragement that we sought out for and talked about in our prayer time, the encouragement that is necessary to give life because it's your breath that we're putting on people. It's your breath that we're putting into people. Holy Spirit, come and do something different. Come and stir us. Come and change us. Come make us alive. Make us alive. you are God on the earth. You are a God moving inside of us. The very spirit of Jesus among us, the very power that rose Jesus from the dead. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need nothing else. We need no good plan, we need no good strategies. We just need you. We need to seek you with our whole hearts and ears open up and see you for who you are so that our heart can understand. May you be our declaration with the beauty of your presence, filling our atmosphere. May we love one another, Lord, in the name of Jesus.
1: Thank you for stopping by. We love it when you visit us here at the Bay Ridge Salvation Army. You can find out more about us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you would like to help support what we do, simply text Love to 41444. That's Love to 41444.